Today, we've got a pair of guests who are gonna be giving us strategies that cover a wide variety of subjects, from patents to trademarks to listing optimization to how to get the most out of Amazon seller conferences. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Want to enter in an Amazon keyword and then within seconds get up to thousands of potentially related keywords that you could research? Then you need Magnet by Helium 10. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash Magnet. Magnet works in most Amazon marketplaces, including USA, Mexico, Australia, Germany, UK, India, and much more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a couple people who have been helping serious sellers out there for years. Emma and Rich, how's it going, guys? Hello. It's going great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great to see you. All right. Before we start, you know, this is for our YouTube viewers. I'm wearing, you know, you who are listening on the Apple podcast or something have no idea what we're talking about, but I have a very strange logo on my hat today. Now, this is a, a, actually a minor league baseball team. However, can either of you, and I think Emma might have the, the advantage here, can either of you think, like, what Helium 10 tool inspired me to get this hat? Because I was like, this is perfect to represent this Helium 10 tool. Either of you can answer, but let's see. At first, I thought you were going to ask me a sports question, and I'm like, "You, th that I will definitely not be." All right, able let me to give answer. you a hint. Yeah, well, you what what letter is this? Advantage. C. That's a C. It's a C. Oh, oh, cerebro. Is that is that what yeah, we're going cerebro, with? Cerebro, and then do you see the eyeballs? He's like doing keyword yes. research. He's looking for the keyword. So this is what I call my cerebro uh, hat uh, on nice. that I have today. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's get, uh, we have a lot of things I want to talk to you guys, uh, about, but, but first of all, one thing that I think, um, I was thinking about when I saw that, uh, that you two are scheduled together is out of probably anybody else in the industry. I personally have seen you at more events than like probably every single event almost that I have been at ever since my very first one, I think uh, is where I met Emma even before I knew Rich. So like you guys are, are, in my opinion, like veterans as far as like, hey, going to Amazon conferences and things. So I just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about best practices. You know, knock on wood, the world is fairly back to normal now. You know, I just went to another uh, event uh, in Florida a couple of weeks ago, and it seems like every month now there are different Amazon events, big or small. So I want to get your feedback on, you know, things to do, things not to do, things to prepare for that have helped you guys in your illustrious conference attending career. Let's start with uh, Emma, first of all. Yeah, I think, you know, Think about what your goals are when going to an event and really try to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Like Bradley, we met in New York at ASGTG, I believe, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a few years ago. And that was one of the first events that I was like, okay, I'm not just going to go and kind of be a wallflower. I'm going to go, I'm going to network, I'm going to put myself out there and I was terrified. I definitely remember feeling nervous to speak to you and also to Kevin King. Like you were both the people that I was like, 
I'm really scared to do this, but I just have to go talk to them. And I think that that for me would be the biggest takeaway is that you're going to regret more not going up and initiating the conversation than you will kind of allowing that fear to come over you. So if there's someone that you really want to talk to, um, it might feel a little bit scary, but it will feel so good once you actually just kind of go for it. Even if they're big and intimidating, like Kevin King and, and myself, I guess we're kind of scary. <laughs> no, I'll try. I'll try scary. to be more mellow, so I seem more approachable. I guess. Uh, Rich, what about what about you? What kind well, of uh, advice? The you opposite have? advice. Basically, it's like if if you, there's someone that you idolize in this field, don't go up to them. They could only spoil your expectations. <laughs> they could only fail to meet your expectations. You might as well just leave it alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, how how Emma pictured me was forever ruined after that AS, ASG yeah, uh, TG uh, there. You know, I had like boogers absolutely. in my nose and and things. Bradley but seriously, talking like 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 Rich on videos than he is in person. I, I think I think you're you're actually kind of a unique uh, you know person. You definitely work with a lot of Amazon sellers. You know, uh, you know, with, with your agency. But you know, like you you personally are not like you know some some huge seven figure seller where it's like, hey, I, I need to go to this event to to understand. What's the latest in how to launch my product? But still, you obviously find value um, in these events. Would it be safe to say that it, you know, on the networking side, is most of the value for you when you go to events? Yes. No. Absolutely. And and by the way, that was just my that that was not my actual advice that I was giving. <laughs> I was just kidding around. Um, so um, yes, I get tremendous value from 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 networking, from meeting people. I mean, I go to a lot of events and. Uh, I meet people and then I go to other events and I see those same people and um, we get to build our relationship and they introduce me to new people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it kind of builds on itself. Um, you know, going to lots of events has worked well for me. Um, but there here's the piece of advice, though, that I was going to give, but I couldn't help but make a joke. Um, and, and the advice is that um, make a follow up list. Like I open up a list mm. in my phone, like on the notes app, um, where, um, talking to someone and it's like, um, Hey, um, I'm doing a webinar next week. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to invite you or whatever. And like, just make a note of it, make a note of what the follow, who the person is, what the follow up is, because you'll never remember otherwise. Yeah. And yeah. as much as like you have great conversations with people where you, you say like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I met this person who, who, uh, you know, has some, some great resource for me. If you don't make a list, you will not remember it the next day. And the, and the reason I can, um, whether or not you, you drink alcohol at these events or not, just, just yeah, whether, <laughs> just whether or not, that clear. Um, you know, and, and the reason why I could tell you that that's true is because often I'll look at the follow up list mm-hmm. and I say, oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I never would have remembered that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and like sometimes I even have to strain to remember the person and the conversation but at least it's a, a bit of a breadcrumb to bring me back to it. So that's my number one advice is to make a follow-up list in your phone um, and actively write things in it about what you're going to follow up on. Okay. I like it. Well, just to kind of build on that, something cool that I haven't personally done, but that I've participated in, Rich, is actually taking a picture with whoever it is and then 
so the, the way that I've seen this technique used is you meet someone, you exchange details, and then you take a selfie together and either text it or email it. And so then you don't have to just be kind of like racking your brain to think about, oh, who is that person? Not only do you have a, a reminder of what they look like, but then you've also already opened up that line of communication. So you've mm-hmm. sort of gotten the ball rolling. Um, so... Yeah, I, I got to tell you, though, when I get those photos the next day, I'm like, wait, is this blackmail? Is someone blackmailing <laughs> me with this photo? <laughs> yes, you had that big, what did Johnny Depp call it? Mega pint of alcohol in your hand there, Rich. We're, we're sharing right. this with the Not community. Not even that. If- it's like, like oh, you, you took a horrible picture of me. Like, are you telling me that if, if, if I don't do something that you're going to show the world this terrible <laughs> picture of me? <laughs> exactly. There you go. It's a great way to make the most of your... Networking efforts is to ensure that you get what you want. There you okay. Well, I don't know. This is supposed to be serious strategies for serious sellers. We're, we, we have digressed a little bit since the get-go. Thanks oh to Rich. Now, Emma is, uh, is a serious seller podcast. That's right. Emma, let's Our, put our serious faces on. Now, speaking of stra- uh, serious uh, strategies for serious sellers, you know, one aspect of conferences and events is obviously what we just talked about, which is networking, which arguably might be the most important part of conferences. But also, for example, you, Emma, you know, you're you're in the industry as well, and your you know your job is to actually help Amazon sellers with different strategies. And so you go to this event with, with even a you know double motive, where we're not just trying to meet people, but you're also trying to you know see what the the latest cutting edge strategies and things. So when you're doing all of this networking when there's parties at night and maybe you're not getting much sleep and and there's like six hours of 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 speakers during the day like how how do you make sure you're getting good information out of it like how do you stay awake you know first of all how do you not zone out how how do you make sure you're actually going to have some actionable things when you get home that you took away from this event hydration is key Especially in Las Vegas, you need to make sure that you're drinking tons of water. I try to not drink too much caffeine because you, it, you can really easily cross the line, especially when you're sleep deprived. Um, I, I also don't drink a lot because I want to make sure that I'm fresh, that I'm able to be, uh, you know, showing up with getting the most out of the days. And then I would say it's also whether you're at an event all day long or whether you're sitting in your house, you know, watching content, you can't consume 12 hours straight of information. It's just mm-hmm. like any person is going to need to, to have sort of some time to kind of reset their brain. It's a lot to, to take in. So being thoughtful about what talks you really want to go to and then making sure that you're bringing your best self to those. But also one of the things that I am so surprised about is that a lot of times what I think will be the best talk isn't the thing that really ends up, uh, you know, giving me the ideas. It's something unexpected. And that's what I really love about being able to attend events that have such a diverse range of speakers is, is that you're getting all of this information and it's not just how the information is presented, but you're able to connect that with the things that you do and the things that you know, and some really awesome creative ideas can come out of that. Yes, I agree. hundred percent agree. Now, now Rich, um, you know, you, you're going to be speaking at Sell and Scale Summit uh, coming up in September, um, you know, I don't want you to give away your whole entire, you know, outline here, but but just to give people a taste of of what they can expect from your presentation, can you give us a little tidbit or a little 
uh, preview to coming attractions here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I don't have an outline. Um, I, I am by definition going to be winging it because uh, it's my session is a Q&A session, patent and oh. trademark Q&A. So it's really, it's kind of like um, Stump Rich Goldstein. Like ask like me it. something that I, um, that I can't possibly answer. Um, no, I've seriously. seen you do that at events. As a matter of fact, it just reminds me, you came here an event right here in my backyard in like San Diego, not literally my backyard, but you know, uh, at a place nearby here. And, and you did something similar where, where people were asking you kinds of, uh, uh, you know, different questions about patents can, you know, we, we, you know, it's impossible to predict exactly what people are going to ask, but maybe, maybe you can, you know, give an example of, of one of these difficult things where people almost stumped you, but they weren't able to, because you had an amazing answer like you always do. Yes, exactly. Um, and, uh, I mean, kind of like the way it goes. Uh, actually, the the most difficult question is when someone deviates from asking me a question about how things work mm -hmm. to asking me a question about a specific fact pattern. They're like, I just got a suspension, and um, and, and they start giving me the the facts of it, and it's like we can't figure that out here and 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 now. And as a matter of fact, it's um, uh, I'm not there to give legal advice. Legal advice yeah, is about yeah. a specific situation. I'm there to show to help you understand the principles by which you could then be better informed about what you ought to do uh, in the future. So, uh, but it, it, but generally, what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about how to protect your products, how to protect your brands, um, kind of how to stay out of trouble on Amazon because that's what people generally want to know in this community. Yeah. Is they want to know like how do they um, how do they keep other people from jumping on to their um, coattails or, or jumping on to um, the bandwagon that they create um, with selling products? And I'll look for other metaphors as we go along. But basically, uh, looking to stop people from, from taking, your, taking your market share, you know, taking, taking sales away from you by making similar products. Okay. Or by now, confusing the public into into thinking that they're even you that the, that these are yep. your products that they're selling. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I know you're not gonna be stumped because I've literally heard somebody ask this question and you answer it. But I would say three different times I've seen you do Q and A sessions before. This question is asked, so I know it's like on somebody's mind. So we're gonna give you guys a preview now uh, of how it's gonna be at Selling Scale Summit. So so Rich, yes, uh, maybe whether I need a patent here in America or not. Um, do I need a patent? Let's say I, the answer is yes. Should I also get a patent in China? And is that even possible to do? So first of all, there's a notion that if you're, um, you're going to be making a product, let's say in China, uh, or no, let me say it differently. It's like people think of getting a Chinese patent because like, well, well, what if they make it in China? Um, but then if they're selling it here, they'd be infringing. So, mm -hmm. uh, so essentially, it's like if your um, if your concern is that, like, well, they can make it overseas, then bring it into this country, and that's why I should get a, a patent overseas. It's not necessarily um, needed because the U.S. patent is what will prevent anyone from making, using, or selling the product in the U.S. So. Um, the reason you would get a Chinese patent is if you think that there's a real market for products over in China. So if your marketplace is really the U.S. and that's all you're concerned about, then a U.S. patent is, is pretty much all you would need. Uh, different answer for trademarks, though, because mm. trademarks, which are about protecting brands, 
can be a problem if you don't have, it can cause a problem if you don't have a trademark in China, if you're manufacturing in China, because there are a lot of people that are, um, let's call them nefarious actors Mm -hmm. who are going and applying for your trademark over in China. And then what they seek to do is prevent you from exporting your products uh, back to the US. And then they essentially hold the trademark that they um, that they procured of your name mm-hmm. hostage. So now they blackmail you to try and buy the trademark, buy your own trademark off of them. So different answer when it comes to trademarks. A Chinese trademark can be important. It yeah. can prevent problems. But when it comes to patents, you really only need a patent in China if you're planning to sell in China. All right. Thank you very much for that. Hey, guys, you know, if you've already got your tickets to sell and scale, start now with writing down the questions. You know, you're going to get a, as detailed. Look, look how detailed uh, Rich gets. And, and he's uh, he's going to help you with your patent and trademark questions at the summit. Now, uh, Emma, what are you going to be talking about? What's your main theme? And then if you can maybe give us a little preview of, of coming attractions as well for your presentation. Definitely. Well, I'm for sure going to be attending Rich's Q&A, but I am going to be leading a workshop talking about SEO and listing optimization tactics that you can use that are a little bit more out of the box. So, you know, it's one of those topics that I think is a mainstay of any Amazon-centric event. And so sometimes people can sort of be like, okay, well, what more is there to say about listing optimization? But it really is such an essential piece of being able to build a successful business on Amazon. And it is always changing. I mean, just this week, There's sort of some rumors. I still haven't spoken to anybody that's actually seen it in their account of A plus premium becoming Mm, available mm -hmm. uh, for anybody that has a brand story and at least 15 uh, pieces of A plus content approved, which is huge. That's really um, much more interactive, engaging content. And I think it's just one more indication of how Amazon is really seeing the importance of brand and wanting to encourage sellers to really lean into branding uh, and, and giving some extra privileges for those that are taking the time and effort to do that well. So we're still formulating exactly what we're going to be talking about. You know, it's only July, so we still have almost two months and want to make sure that our information is as cutting edge and up to the date as possible. But uh, I know for sure it's going to be great. It's going to be really interactive. And the whole goal is that you'll actually be able to walk away from that workshop with real actionable things that you can take and apply directly to your business. Love it. Love it. At first, when you were like saying, hey, I'm going to attend Rich's, I thought you were going to say he, his after party because Rich, <laughs> I just saw on Instagram, uh, you're actually already planning an after party for, for Sell and Scale, right? Yes. And the funny thing about it is like, I don't know if you can call it an after party because it's a really a pre-party, but it's after. So it's like the first, <laughs> like on Monday night, um, you're confusing Emma over here. She's like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Monday night, like, which is like the day before, like the, the real conference starts, mm-hmm. it's going to be after the official helium 10 welcome party. So it's going to be from 9 PM to 12 AM on Monday night. So in essence, it is an after party, but it's also a pre-party. A pre-after so party. Over the next six weeks, we're going to figure that part out. 
Um, cool. But but yeah, we're doing a party. Um, it's going to be at MGM Skylofts again, and uh, um, it's going to be with myself, um, Kian Golzari, um, Mina Elias, Michael Lebnarm. We're gonna we're gonna throw an awesome party, and um, of course, it's you know, limited capacity. We'll do the best we can to get as many people in uh, as we can. Uh, but it's going to be awesome, awesome as always. Bro. All right, guys, there's plenty. I mean, Rich is going to be presenting a lot of great stuff. Emma is presenting a lot of great stuff. Plenty more. There's there's, there's this one dude, uh, Gary V. People have said something about it. I don't know who he is, but you know, ah. but everybody knows who Gary V is. Uh, um, guys, ma- make sure to get your tickets now. If you haven't already, uh, go to h10.me forward slash s3, h10.me forward slash s3 to get your tickets. You can use the code S3BS100, S3BS100 to save $100 off of your tickets. So now what I want to do is is for the last, you know, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so of this episode, it's kind of like not necessarily a battle because you guys talk about completely different things, but I just want to do like have a little back and forth strategy sesh uh, as we were here. Not stuff that necessarily you, you know is going to spoil things from your presentations, but 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 some quick hitting uh we, we used to call them t- TST 30 second tips, but you know, you know, you're not tied to 30 seconds at a time. If you have a one or two minute tip, that's fine. But l- let's start with uh, you, Rich. Um, what's a strategy that Amazon, Walmart, whatever sellers need to be implementing uh, right now? Um, file a trademark um, as early as you can. Um, it, it, if you do it later, you might still get it, but the, but there's a chance that someone else could file before you and, um, and, and make it a whole lot more complicated and a whole lot more expensive to get the trademark. So as soon as you know that this is a brand you're going to be selling under, file a trademark application. Okay. And then, you know, I get this question a lot, actually. And so I'm just following up here on this. But um, I've done it both ways before. I've used professionals, you know, before to, to, to do And yes, it costs a little extra. I've done it on my own and, and, you know, only once or twice. And I haven't had issues. But Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the main reasons why it's usually or sometimes better to have a professional is because they do this. I, I've noticed sometimes uh, they've they've told me before, like, you know what? This is probably not going to pass. So because of this, this, and this that I never would have found where it's like a similar name or or because I did something wrong in the application. So w- would you say that's probably a reason why people, if they follow your advice and say, okay, I need to go get a trademark – should probably have a professional help them as opposed to just going to uspto.gov or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, t- two things. So that's that's one reason there. It's like if you have um um if if you can find out at an early stage that like hey, you'd be better off with a different brand name that will give you stronger protection. It might be worth doing that before you spend the whole lot on on producing products, labeling products and even promoting your store. So if you could make that switch at an early stage, that could be worth quite a bit to you. Um, and, and the other part of it is too, is like even, you know, as you described, like you can do it on your own and sometimes you get it right. Um, but is it worth it for the times that you don't? So if you get yeah. it right mm-hmm. half the time um, and, um, and two of the times, let's say two times out of four, you are, um, you've launched the product, it's a year um, a year later that you're finally hearing from the trademark office and you have to start all over again or you have to change the branding. Is it really worth saving maybe a couple thousand bucks to do it on your own? So it's like, you know, f- sometimes you'll get it right, sometimes you won't. But is it worth doing on your own if if you know you can get it right even yeah. a quarter of the time? Yeah. All right. Excellent, guys. So, so those are our first tip. Uh, Emma, what's your first tip of the day? 
Yeah, so I think we're really seeing a strong just Instagramification of people's shopping behaviors. And so thinking about what that means for selling on Amazon, it's really key that you are making sure to maximize your image real estate. And a lot of times I'll even see fantastic photos, but you're leaving the interpretation up to the customer if you're not also adding some thoughtful text to that. And what makes this even more important is we've seen Amazon beta test the scrollable product images directly from the mobile search results page, which means that it's possible that at some point in the near future, people might be able to see your whole product image catalog without even clicking into your listing. And so you really need to make sure that your pictures on their own can sell your product. And just having great photos isn't enough. We really want to make sure that every single photo has a clear benefit or a key detail that you're communicating with words so that you're making sure to get your message across. Okay, excellent. Now, now you brought up, you know, talking about images, you you made my creative juice, uh, juices flow and I'm now thinking of a follow-up question, but A plus content, you know, that, that that's one place where you can, you know, put some photos obviously. And and there's a couple of things I wanted to, to talk to you about. You know, you have more experience than me as far as listing optimization and things go, but you know, there's always been a debate, oh, you know, how, how much of it is indexed, how much of it is not, you know, in my experience, my personal experience in the past, you know, the, the, the regular description part, the text boxes of A plus content are not indexed and, and Amazon says that they're not indexed, but sometimes I'll see some words in there that aren't elsewhere in the listing that are indexed, but then it, it, sometimes in my opinion, it was, it's just like Amazon index them automatically just because it relates them to my listing. So that's that's first part of my question is what have you seen recently? Cause I haven't done any tests like in the last six months or so about descriptions uh, of A plus content being indexed. The second thing in the past I heard too, that, oh, the description is not indexed, but the, the like the alt text in your images is. Now, personally, this is just my personal opinion. Maybe I was looking at this wrong. I never really wanted to take advantage of that or use it because if I'm not mistaken, isn't like theoretically that alt text supposed to be what, like what, what blind people use uh, you know, when they mouse over so they can, so they can describe the images and just, I don't know, in my personal opinion, that was kind of like, you know, if I keyword stuff that, uh, you know, that that's kind of messed up to, to the people who alt text is really designed for, but maybe I was looking at it wrong. So, so hopefully you remembered all those things I just said and you could comment. On it. <laughs> yeah. I actually really love that question, Bradley, uh, because it's not just a strategy of straight keywords, but it's like, what is the actual purpose and function of this. And if you really want to make sure that you're being accessible to as many customers as possible, it's not just about having the keywords. It means that even if somebody is vision impaired, that they can still understand what it is that you're showing. And so you can do both. Now, I would recommend against just dumping a bunch of keywords, but you can still be thoughtful of utilizing keywords in your alt text while still writing in a, it in a way that makes it functional for the people it was originally intended for. So that's kind of the strategy that we okay. take because I agree completely with you. It doesn't seem correct and it doesn't seem like um, the, the overall kind of like bigger values decision to make to just purely use that as another field. Yeah. I also feel like we're not at a loss of fields to put keywords. Indeed. You know, I mean, we have, we have so many different places that we can utilize keywords that if you're feeling like you also just need to dump them into every single one of those fields, then it means that probably you're going 
way too broad with your keyword strategy and you're utilizing a lot of keywords that you don't need or you're doing a lot of unnecessary repetition. In regards to your question about uh, whether the I think what you're talking about is like the the text fields in A plus content, so yes. not actually the product description. So for the text fields, I I've heard some I've heard both very similarly of like some people mm-hmm. say like yes 100% it's indexed, some people say still not. Uh, again, I'm gonna kind of go backwards to what are my overall goals with a listing, and my overall goals with a listing are to make sure that it's found by the right people. And that those people then have the information that they need to buy my product. Mm -hmm. And so if we're only taking the lens of where else can I put keywords, you might be making some decisions that could steer you in the wrong direction. Because if you're trying to maximize the character space for every single one of those fields, then you're going to probably create a piece of A-plus content that doesn't look awesome on mobile or on desktop. And so, you know, if you are going to utilize those fields, you can use them in a way that's maybe a little bit more minimal. I personally think that the most effective A plus content and just from what I've been seeing as a trend and and what is working is very infographic heavy A plus content. And then you also have your product description field. You have the backend search terms. You have so many other places that you can put keywords. Um, So I would say kind of minimize um, the mm-hmm. actual text that you're putting into that into those fields because it will make your whole A plus look a little choppier. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, one more tip from you, uh, Rich, if you got one for us. Um, sure. Yeah. So um, it pays to file design patents. If you've got a distinctive looking product, it pays to file a design patent application. Uh, keep in mind that you you need to do it at as early a stage as possible. Um, if the product has been on the market for a year, it is absolutely too late. Hmm. But having a design patent on a distinctive design can be very effective for shutting down competitors. Um, but also it's these days, Amazon seems to easily shut someone down when a product looks even remotely similar to a design patent. A lot of times this is unfair. Um, so a lot of times you might get shut down from someone else's design patent where they really legitimately shouldn't be able to shut you down. But that's why it pays to be the one holding the design patent. Um, if Amazon is deferring to IP owners, it pays to be the one holding the IP. Is there any going back from that? Like, let's say I'm on the other side of it and, and I'm getting an unfair claim and Amazon just sided with the, the person who made the claim, but but probably legally it's not fully you know accurate. Like, uh, is there a way to go to somebody like you and, and fight uh, the suspension or the removal? Um, well, you say, is there a way, um, it's kind of like when Amazon takes any action and then like, okay, how do you come back from that? And then everybody's scratching their heads of like, who do I call? What do I do? What do I say? It's it's the Uh same (laughs) as every other situation with Amazon. It's like Amazon doesn't have a direct procedure for disputing it. Like they'll tell you, um, you you are infringing this, this patent, Mm -hmm. um, contact the rights holder. In other words, contact the person who made the complaint. (laughs) Oh, wait a second. What if I want to contact you, Amazon, and say, like, this is not legitimate. You should not yeah. be shutting me down. They don't really leave a channel open for that. Huh. You could reply to the email that was sent to you. Um, and then often you'll get a response. I mean, I have, uh, on behalf of clients, uh, written well-thought-out analysis of why they're not infringing. And the, the response to get back is, 
um, please contact the rights owner. I'm like, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. So the point in, is in the, in the ASMR yes, voice. Uh, he, and he and by the way, it. ultimately I have prevailed. I mean, in all those situations, oh, okay. I'm, I'm batting a thousand in all of those situations. Eventually we got the listing restored, wow, but okay. there isn't a direct procedure for it. It's a, it's a matter of like brute force knocking yeah. on the door and, and knocking again and knocking again. So the point is, um, no, there isn't a direct procedure, which all is, right. but, but it is possible. It just like, possible. you know, the dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. All right. That's all that, that I wanted to get out of that. I, I wanted to make sure that's not the end of the end of it's the world. It's not hopeless. There's, it's yeah. not hopeless. There you go. Uh, Emma, your, your second tip of the day. Second tip. Oh, gosh. Let's see. I would say, um, you know, we're going into Q4. So let's maybe give a, a tip that's Q4 related, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is I would be really thoughtful about whether your gift pardon me, whether your product is actually a gift. I think a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that automatically we're getting into the holidays. And so that means that no matter what you're selling, whether it's a roll of toilet paper or, you know, a, a pack of paper clips, that everything is something that somebody would love to receive for the holidays. Yeah. And so be thoughtful about whether your product is giftable. And then if it is giftable, Really make sure that you're also including the giver in your messaging because I think a lot of times what we do is we automatically just think of the recipient. But there's real power in being able to connect emotionally with the person that is actually taking their time, effort, and money to find that perfect gift for someone they love. And if you can provide reassurance, if you can really help them get excited about giving that perfect gift, then you're going to really have a much better chance at being able to win over people that are looking for something to give for the holidays. Like it. I like it. All right. Uh, Rich, you know, obviously people can, uh, you know, meet you in person and, and ask you questions on stage or when at your party at Sellscale Summit. Uh, but if they can't wait until then, they, they, they have some burning questions. How can they find you on the interwebs out there? Yeah, I mean, you can um, go to my website, goldsteinpatentlaw.com. And there are great resources there for learning about the process. Um, I also got the book that I wrote um, for the American Bar Association that explains patents in plain English. ABA Consumer Guide to Obtaining a Patent. You could grab that on Amazon. Awesome, awesome. And same question for, for you, Emma. How can they find you? Yeah, go to our website, marketingbyemma.com. We also offer a free listing analysis, which means we're always happy to take a look at your listing and give you some feedback about what we see. And then if you want to just take that and run with it, you have what you need to really take your listing to the next level. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing both of you at Sell and Scale. And like I do with all of my guests who happen to be speaking at Sell and Scale Summit, um, I remind them that you didn't see this in the, the fine text, but by coming on the podcast, you are guaranteeing that you will be front row at my Zumba fitness dance class that I'm doing on Tuesday morning. So make sure to pack appropriate attire, both of you, and I will see you on the dance floor out there. <laughs> Uh, Rich is uh, awkwardly quiet here. He's like, "What did I get myself I'm into?" Just, I'm just nodding. Yep, yep. He's the Richard Simmons the shorts. Head bob. Is that a Zumba move? <laughs> it, it can be. You got. You got to start somewhere. Uh, you got to start somewhere. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and I'll be seeing you in a few weeks over there.